0: Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches
1: and a Druid podcast through the ACAST supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the
0: link in the show description to show your support now.
3: Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid podcast, a Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society.
1: to the podcast, Three Witches and a Druid, where we sit around a kitchen table or, given our situation, once again, we're on Zoom and talking about our experiences with modern paganism. I'm Margot, And I am Maeve. I'm Gwen.
4: And I'm Brian.
1: And today, our topic is the upcoming Sabbath of Imbolc. Yay! Yay. <laughs> our experiences our ideas our wisdom such as it might be
4: <laughs> so I don't know about you guys but bulk has never been really the big festival for me it's it's the one in the middle of the winter where you freeze your arse off and I don't want to go outside and
0: Oh, the beginning of the end of winter. Not here
1: in Canada, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs>
4: no, it's like the beginning of winter.
1: <laughs> Although, my first group ritual, I think, was in bulk at the UU Church that Vanessa led. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. I remember going to one that Vanessa led, and it was in one of those dance spaces. My first real big public y one. I'd been to many private ones is a nice holiday and i mean the groundhog day has come from bulk, and uh i do try to look at it as uh the recovery of the goddess from childbirth
3: yeah in the in that mythic wheel of the year story that yes that's that's yes. what comes through there isn't it
0: yes for those of you who are listening from outside canada yeah the second of february is uh, you're in the, the throes of winter and there could be two months or more left to come of it so
1: isn't it sort of uh, historically the birthing of the first
3: lambs? well i have a blog post about this on the pagan assembly site it marks the ones that are born too early okay so if lambs are born too early even today they will kill them because by the. T- Time they're done nursing, there's no grass to feed. The new grass isn't ready yet. So they just die a horrible death. So if they're born too early, there is meat and there is milk. You can afford to milk the ewes and keep them healthy because, and you can eat the new lambs. And this is when food runs out. Mm. So a couple of baby lambs being born a little early is a blessing at this time of year when food sources are iffy. Right. You know, from here, from our non agricultural Lifestyle lifestyles. We can have any food at any time of the year. That's even changed from when I was a child. Like I can remember our vegetables available to us in the store. Maybe if you went to very large centers and paid a lot of money at specialty stores, but the average grocery store, your vegetables, when I was a child even, were very tuned to the what was available locally,
1: weren't they? There wouldn't have had the sort of trucking industry of traveling vegetables and fruits up from central america or yeah exactly
3: you would have citrus fruits almost year round and that sort of thing but yeah from south america so the exact opposite time of the year we could have anything at any time how blessed are we yes yes
0: we used to get though you know the big navel oranges you can just get in the grocery store anytime that was the special treat in your Christmas stocking. Exactly. Exactly. And I hear my mother talk about, oh, we only had grapes at Christmas time. Yeah. Nothing we had all year round, but that's, you know, back in the fifties.
3: Yeah, exactly. So it is kind of a bit of a reminder and I understand why people, you know, think, well, what does "in mean to me? Because I can go to the grocery store, but you know we're only one oil crisis away from maybe that not being the case. We may all be eating locally. <laughs> At <laughs> any point, you never know. It's a crazy post-2020 world, and who knows when we may all have to
0: start e- eating locally again? And I do notice it in bulk. I do try to take notice of the fact that. It is, in fact, lighter out. Yes.
1: Yes, I've noticed that. It's lighter when I leave work. It's not dark till five thirty
4: now. <laughs> That's sort of the big thing for here in Canada. Is that yeah, the sun isn't setting till after five thirty now. And as the week goes on, you'll start noticing that there's more and more light leading into the evening.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a festival, even in from its European sources, it's a festival where, yes, it was a fire festival, but it was marking the light of fire as opposed to the heat of the fire.
4: Right. The
3: increasing light, not the increasing heat. I think that's a fair way of looking at it. I do remember reading, it was at the time of this, and they had different names and slightly different crossovers, but the Scandinavian and the Norse people had something that roughly translates to charming of the plow so they would be similar to us in not being able to be out and getting plowing the fields or whatever like you could in guernsey or southern england where some of the things we read in our books written in the 60s and 70s but they were getting their implements ready this was the time of preparation this is the time you got the plow out and you got the blades sharpened and the handles fixed and you did the charming yeah. you made magic for a good planting
0: yeah more blessed climates, <laughs>
3: yeah. and yes, for sure.
0: And there's always room for that in today's society, I think, right? Yeah, because I mean, even even at the at uh, Astara, we're still, you know, scraping the wind, the ice off our windshields. Oh my! To get to the UU to have
3: our celebration, how many? a star bring equinox festivals there was sleet and rain and you had to shovel
0: the car out to leave the parking lot even may here can be cold it's like i who was it i think it was coyote once saying we need to modify the holidays to suit us here in nova scotia just give them a slightly different meaning
1: because it's crazy yeah.
0: business it's crazy yeah but
1: we do have fresh tulips from PEI at the store. Yeah. Which is craziness, isn't it? That's early, I think. I've never seen it this early. Last year it was after Valentine's Day. They started showing up on Friday and of course just sold like crazy. Go
0: so mild here this, this winter. It's like the first week of December still. It's barely gone below zero. It's all very, very weird to me. I'm, I'm finding myself almost discombobulated there. <laughs> this doesn't seem right. Actually
3: anxious about the insects in the summer. If we don't have a little bit of a free we always have bad insects we need a sustained freeze for some dieback of overwintering insects or eggs or what larvae or whatever otherwise we always feel it the next summer and I'm really hoping we can get out camping so yes Yes. a couple of weeks a good hard freeze would not make me sad no
4: I agree with that
3: yeah
0: yeah not like we're not used to it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> not like the gear isn't in the closet already waiting to be worn. The one thing I did like it's seeing the light, not feeling the light. Because you think of it, because it's Bridget's Day. Bridget, and Bridget is, you know, you feel the light, but it's also inspiration. Yeah. Inspiration of her light. Yeah. So also the, the inspiration of, okay, you can get through the next two months, you know, because March can often be just as horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. In more blessed climates here. It's not really
4: civilized in Nova Scotia till May or June. Right. So that's something we're just sort of um, brushing over top of. But I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but Bridget's pretty much in most traditional paths, correct? Witchcraft, witchcraft, uh, Wicca, Druidry.
3: Well, certainly I think, you know, Wicca and Druids and whatever would uh, recognize her. I think, even though, when you think about the Norse charming of the plow, they may not use Bridget, Bridget, whatever. They may not direct their prayers to her, but she is a goddess of Smithcraft, so there is some sort of crossover, isn't there? There's some sort of connection where they're charming their plows and she is the goddess of smithcraft and would be doing that those repairs and that that work it's very interesting how things they correlate across cultures and stuff i was thinking too briages day that follows through the evolution of sort of paganism into into Christianity and that sort of thing and then it became candle mass and there is that idea again of that reflection of that light and the importance of that I remember somebody and I used their way of celebrating as a family in bulk was to create candles it had the candle mass it had the increasing light it was a family you know multi-generational they did beeswax candles hand dipped and you know maybe four to six inch ones and basically used them for ritual throughout the whole year so it was something that they brought out and used and remembered so I incorporated that into my family a couple of times but my kids were older so they were less less interested of course the older they got but that was a nice little practical and yet intentional celebration I think
4: right Bridget has always been that weird goddess because it's not hard to do research on her because there's tons of information. But like many other gods and goddesses, she could be a single goddess or a triple goddess. And part of the hiccup is as a triple goddess, she's all three of them are called Bridget. Yes. Yes. It is my sister Bridget and my other sister Bridget. (laughs) It becomes difficult if you're just new to this and looking this up. But yeah, all three of them are called Bridget. Yeah. And it's just okay. It's just how it is.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Smithcraft and healing and poetry, you know, and that idea of inspiration, that sacred fire. You can see that theme of sacred fire through all of those three goddesses, correspondences or domains of expertise if you're not sure and you're looking up information there's a lot to go through she is one because she translated into christianity so well she's one that there's so much information out there it can almost be the opposite of what you find sometimes you can't find enough and then there's somebody like saint bridget which is just so much information
1: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
4: There is a bar in Ottawa called Bridget's Well, and it's in the basement of an old sort of rundown church, and it very focuses on, this is the pagan goddess Bridget, her well is in the back, and we're a bar. (laughs) And there's this big, beautiful, hand-carved bust of her behind the bar. When I was in Ottawa, we, it was our first stop. It was really nice.
1: Did I not know about that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was probably ten years ago or something the last time I was in Ottawa. But isn't that interesting?
4: I'm not sure how long the bar's been there. It looks like it's been there quite a while. But
0: well, the the interesting thing is is Bridget was decanonized. Yes, in mm-hmm. Christian faith recently. So she's not a saint anymore. But don't say that to an Irishman or there's big trouble. She was so ingrained, especially in British Isles there, that they had to do something because people wouldn't give her up when the Christianity was moving in. So they made her a saint. Oh, she's the foster mother of Christ. But then they eventually back, was it the 80s?
3: Yeah, I think it was probably late 80s or something that she was canonized. Probably
0: impolitic. We just have no real information about her. So they decanonized her, but that hasn't seemed to have made any difference. No. The nuns have killed Air and Bridget, and they don't really pay attention. No.
4: Yeah.
0: So it's very, very interesting. Yeah. No. So how have the Druids celebrated Imble, Brian?
4: Is, we've kind of discussed already it's it's not really separate from the other past all that much it's a celebration of the return of the sun there's a big focus on bridget of course we have a feast in her honor yeah
3: one of the things i was for a while always making on her day crates or something because i had read somewhere that that was kind of associated and I had made that sort of interesting comparison to very shortly after there's Shrove Tuesday, but I don't actually know if wherever I picked up pancakes or crepes or that sort of thing as part of being her meal, if that actually is a thing or, you know, if that was some sort of fake news I picked up and thought, wow well, that'll be my tradition. And I, I did it for 10 years and then life got in the way and things changed. But
4: I think a lot of festivals at this time of the year, there is a focus on like the first meal of the day to breakfast at the beginning of of the day it's the beginning of the year the return of on yeah
3: okay that makes sense then
4: i've seen the same concept before elsewhere but yeah I'm, I'm not sure if it's legitimacy but it it makes sense
3: yep and i guess you know any ritual practice that brings you closer to a spiritual path that is transformative or enlightening or moves you along it doesn't matter how old it is yeah Ew. it doesn't you start this little ritual yourself it's the validity is in the doing and the proof of the pudding is in the
0: taste whatever the mm-hmm. the metaphor is right yeah exactly you want to do crepes on in bulk i will happily participate in that <laughs> i'll bring the filling <laughs> if you make the little crepe part if i make the crepe part well you know maybe
3: maybe we need to reinstate that I was really inspired by the Druid Cider Saturdays and I'm like, I like cider. I could probably institute a Cider Saturday and I fell down and didn't do it. So maybe we'll have a crepe in bulk. How do we do that? That would be nice. Yeah.
1: Again, that's the beauty of modern paganism. This is an idea I have. I would like to incorporate this into my practice and I can because we're all just making this up as we go along anyway, for the most part. Yeah as long
0: as it resonates and it works with my path and i mean it's true because when you say we're making it up as we go along especially since we you know we're here in canada mm-hmm. and you know where a lot of these traditions began in europe the climate is different the this is different our way of life as you were saying is completely different now so there we go crepe in Right. <laughs> Right. I'll get the cheeses. I'll get the fruits. Is there one? Isn't there one that you flambé? I'll flambé whatever.
1: Well, that's bringing the fire, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Bringing the fire. Let's flambé that crepe Suzette. There we go. That's it. Crepes Bridget.
1: Crepes Bridget.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, and isn't she a goddess of grain a bit too? Doesn't so she have yeah. grain involved there? And I would think because she's sort of remember her.
3: She drags her cloak and spring flowers come up and stuff I could see strawberries like I don't have my little Llewellyn's book of correspondences open and stuff but I could very much see strawberries being a thing
0: because that's one of the earliest berries
3: yes that's one of the earliest berries that's one of the earliest things to appear so that would make sense to me
2: mm-hmm.
3: that would make sense to me too so Yes, I could
1: see a little bit of cheese, maybe some strawberries. Yeah, you could get quite creative with that. There we go. You know, where two or more pagans meet, there shall be food. It's true. Yeah. (laughs) That's
3: (laughs) right. Well, that doesn't suck either, does it?
4: If you type into Google pancakes in bulk, there's tons of like blog posts of.
0: We can make chocolate chip pancakes, banana pancakes. Agreed. Lemon sauce pancakes. Now you got me
4: going. Oh man, this one is like blueberry stuffed pancakes.
3: I see a pancake bar, right? And yes. Yeah, there we go. The goddess has that expectation. There we go.
4: <laughs> the important thing to get out of this, I suspect this episode will be up before bulk, is that if you're hearing this, understand that on Sunday morning, you should probably make pancakes.
0: (laughs) The goddess wills it. We're doing it.
4: (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
3: (laughs) I have been to years of invoke rituals, and there's been some really amazing ones with multiple candles. We have set off the fire alarms at uh, the UU church. I can remember so many candles, the fire alarms went off. So that theme of returning light, there is that idea of spring cleaning, which comes on later. What I often, we talk about winter, and this hasn't been that bad a winter because it hasn't been cold, but this time of year, sometimes Imbolc can be associated with cleansings and new beginnings and that sort of thing. And within my home, I can think at this time of year, I would often use that energy of Imbolc to maybe open all the windows on a nice sunny day and power through with a cleaning and try and move, physically clean my house and energetically clean my house and light some candles to bring in the light and that sort of thing. I'm trying to think if there's any other, other things that I've used over the past at this time of year or tapped into the third
1: in bulk energy. Well, one thing I read today, which I had forgotten about and I had done it years ago, was to go through your kitchen cupboards and drawers and your closets, clothes closets, to see if there are things that you have that you no longer need, but you think someone else could make use of, is to clean all those things out and donate them to whether it be the food bank or the furniture bank or someplace that would take in used clothing for charity. And right. that was a result maybe of a former bounty that you no longer need, that you're ready to redeem. Least, to clean that out and to give it pass it t- along,
4: pass that blessing. So it along. almost sounds yeah. like the start of spring cleaning.
1: Yes, yeah,
0: yeah.
4: Which is a multi-month process. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> I do remember being at more than one ritual where they used Bridget's belt. Mm-hmm. Bridget's colors are black, white, and red, and I remember more than once a large sort of cord. People had uh, braided together the cord. And we, we slipped through Bridget's Belt. We walked through, you know, like it was big enough that a person walked through. Yes, I do remember that as well.
3: Yes. I hadn't even, because it's actually one of the festivals that has a lot of um, things. Um uh, manifest things that are associated with it because you know in some areas you put her to bed you know you have a little bed by the hearth and and there's a grain dolly made of her and that sort of thing i've been involved in a couple of rituals like that as well one of the things that i know i've made it personally and i made as part of different circles that i've been in is a Bridges cross yep And the idea is after you could do your cleaning, it would go near the entrance or on the entrance of your home and then into the Yule fire at the end of the year. I did not make one last year. I'm not saying 2020 is my fault. (laughs) I did not make the Bridges Cross. And I'm wondering, oh, have I somehow contributed? So anyway. Yeah, I am going to make sure I get my Bridges Cross up and in the door and I'll take that on. But, you know, if any other people would like to participate in that binding of sort of good luck and that invitation of good fortune and protection and everything, you can find many how to's online for sure. It's very simple.
4: I don't think i have ever need one. it could be a fun idea.
0: Oh my goodness, yes. I have, they're always a failure. I'm bad at that. So, you really bad at it. It's like, yeah. this really doesn't look very good, but it's okay. I try. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, that's part of the issue in the Grove is that you've got a couple of people like Karen and Allie and Kaylee who, who make the little like grass dolls and the cross. And they make them all look beautiful and perfect. And then there's me, Mike, and Mark, and we're fumbling around and they all look terrible. So we're just outshone by all the crafty people in the grove.
1: <laughs> of course. It's the intention and the energy and
4: yeah.
3: so no swearing when it doesn't work, right? Because no. you don't want to put that energy into it. And I was thinking, although I really like that idea of that renewable resource and, and I know Margot working in the flower industry right now, the idea of giving flowers to a loved one, you have to keep <laughs> renewing it, you know, to give fresh flowers, it's an act of devotion because you have to keep giving it. Whereas if you give a potted plant, the loved person then has another thing to take care of. They have to take care of this potted plant, right? So marking Bridget's Day with a Bridget's Cross made out of grains and you know reeds whatever it has to be renewed even when you take care of them near your entrance they're ready for that yule fire but there's a part of me that really wants to buy a lot of copper bronze wire and just make myself one that lasts
1: forever <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> maybe,
3: maybe i will hold it over a yule fire and smoke it like put some thining, you know juniper and cedar and stuff there and just stain the heck out of it and hang it back up again at
0: onion bulk. I have a Bridget's Cross pin. Do you? <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> I go. Know, I got right? a Bridget's Cross pin. That just is uh that's just easier because I'm not very yeah. crafty. I'm not good at that.
4: Yeah. Interesting.
0: All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening and, and tuning in with us. And certainly, uh, there you can leave us all the stars. That would be wonderful. If you had any suggestions, comments you'd like to send along to us, we would certainly appreciate it. Tune in in two weeks, and we will be talking about solitary work versus group work. So tune in for that. And until next time, everyone, Merry Meet. Merry March. And Merry Meet again. Bless be.
1: This has been Three Witches and a Druid
3: Podcast.